You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Day Podcast here on Big Review Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. You know, the, the Giants are on summer vacation, but Big Blue View and, and, and those of us who write football for a living are pretty much never on vacation, and, and I'm joined by by one of those year-round football folks now to uh, to talk about some, some Giants-related uh, related stuff. I'm joined by Amory Hunt of, of Football Game Plan. Em, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Ed. Always a pleasure to jump on. And, uh, you know, football, football never stops for, uh, for us. I mean, you know, NFL players might get six weeks off, but we don't. No, absolutely not, man. We, we're, we're finding content or easy or, or even using this time to kind of recharge the batteries because we know how strenuous the, the full regular season can get. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people, people love football and, and they want content year round and, and we do the best we can to, uh, to give them, uh, to give them what they want. And, you know, where I wanted to start with you is, you know, for Big Blue View, you have been doing position by position breakdowns of the 2021 Giants roster, um, What's posted on our YouTube page right now is all of the offensive reviews that you have done, plus the the first defensive one. I think I posted the uh, the linebacker one at this point. Uh, and you know, my overarching impression: first of all, I want people to go to YouTube, find our site, and and watch those. You know, my, but, but what I wanted to say is my overarching impression at this point, and let me see if you agree, is that overall, I mean, this may not be a 12 or 13 win roster, but this is a roster with good players across the board. This feels like the best roster that the Giants are bringing to training camp in, in, in quite some time. Yeah. And when you preface it like that, in terms of roster, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I mean, because you look at depth across the board on both sides of the ball, you know, you you like what you see, you like how they put this all together, um, and, and it's it's going to be fun to watch it all play out this season. But I agree with you there. You know, there may not be any. You know, other than Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy and and back to being Saquon by Barkley, I mean, there aren't any what you would call you know mega stars, you know, across the roster. But I just look at it and I think there are good players across it, and I think that that pretty much across the entire roster, you look at it and you think 
this Giants team is going to have to cut some NFL caliber players. Yeah, and, and I think when you look at this roster, this is what a baseline NFL roster should look like. You know, I like how you talked about, you know, standouts or stars. The one superstar is Saquon Barkley. Um, but when you talk about what an NFL team should look like, it shouldn't be devoid of talent. And you should have talent going all the way to your four or five deep. And I think that's what the Giants have here. So that's why when, you know, when people say, um, you know, this team is not good, this team can't win, or I'm not talking about the Giants specifically, but I'm just saying like in terms of an NFL team, I always like, man, the teams are, are they're, they're NFL caliber players and you should be able to baseline win eight games, you know, based off the talent alone. Now, superstars tend to carry you over the top. That's the difference between a team that goes seven and 10 or, you know, eight and, and nine and one that goes, you know, 13 or 14 and three or, you know, 15 and, and two, something like that. It, it's the superstars, but your baseline roster should be talented enough to where you can win with good players at least eight times out of the 17 games in the season because the team is just good and you can still win with good. If you have superstars, you can win championships. You want to get at least three superstars. But um, if you got one or two along with a good roster, that can take you so far uh, in, in football, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. and I, I feel better about this Giants team heading into 2021 that, than, I, than I have in a while. And, and, and it's funny. I have probably said that before about other teams, but I, I – I just look up and down this roster and, and I just think I, I can't find a position where I say, you know, the talent at that spot is terrible. They just don't have any NFL players at that spot. There's no, there's no Curtis Riley starting at free safety this year. So, so and not to pick on Curtis Riley. Sorry, Curtis. Sorry, Curtis's mom, but, but you're the first name that, that, that came to mind when I, when I thought of that. So, but that's how I look at it. I think there are. There are NFL players, you know, at every position across the roster. Yeah, for me, the the glaring hole, to be completely honest and fair, is that quarterback. Um, and Daniel Jones, whatever you think about him, uh, it's not about Daniel Jones. To me, I look at the depth there. You know, let's say Daniel Jones struggles. There's no one on that roster that threatens him to be the starter. Uh, and if Daniel Jones gets injured, there's no one on that roster that you feel comfortable with going into a game to help you win. When Colt McCoy was there, you had at least some comfort that, okay, Colt could at least carry the, the, you know, the ship or steer the ship until Daniel Jones gets back. But do you really have a lot of confidence in, you know, Clayton Thorson or, or Mike Glennon? Uh, no disrespect, but I mean, I thought they didn't do a, a better, a good enough job of, strengthening the QB two spot on the roster where that was a strength, in my opinion, last year with Colt McCoy, the veteran. That's an interesting debate, Em, because, you know, Mark Schofield, who does a lot of work for us, actually took a took a look at Glennon versus McCoy. And I liked Colt McCoy as a backup, but I think I understand the theory of of what the Giants were thinking about by going with Mike Glennon. And I think the 
theory is that they want to be more vertical in their offense, that they want to try to get the ball down the field. I think the feeling is that Mike Glennon is more capable of doing that, you know, perhaps than Colt McCoy, who who's a, I thought was a fine, capable, you know, backup. I would have been happy to see the Giants bring him back. But you can question his arm strength and his ability to get the ball down the field. So, so theoretically, I understood it, but, but I certainly would have been happy to see the Giants bring McCoy back. Or you look at it from this perspective. In today's game, you look at someone like Daniel Jones, who uh, is athletic. Colt McCoy, even at his age, was still able to, to scramble and pick up some yards. You're not getting that with Mike Glennon. So, you know, whether or not he can stretch vertically or not, him not being able to get out the way, it makes him a liability uh, in, you know, in today's game. It'll be interesting to see how he does, you know, in the preseason, you know, because if he can show some pocket mobility, uh, he doesn't have to be Daniel Jones, but he, he can't be, you know, a statue back there in the pocket. Uh, I felt as though they should have found, a, you know, a late round draft pick or something, someone that can be a, you know, a, someone that they can groom to, to be their QB too. Um, but I think that's probably where, if I'm looking on offense, where the glaring need is, you know, because you have questions about Daniel Jones and there's no real threat to him to, to kind of push him to play well. And there's no real threat to help the offense stay on pace if he goes down. So I still, to me, quarterback is still where you could have some legitimate questions about the, you know, the starter, but also mainly the depth. Yeah, let's, you know, it's, it's funny because you mentioned drafting a late round, a late round guy and, and I always, again, that's one of those areas where, and, and I didn't really mean for us to, to, to spend a lot of time talking backup quarterbacks here, but that's where we're headed and that's fine. <laughs> um, over the years, the Giants have, especially under Jerry Reese and then also, you know, Dave Gettleman drafted Kyle Lawletta. But the Giants drafted Kyle Lalletta, Jerry Reese drafted Davis Webb, the Giants drafted Rhett Bomar, um, you know, they drafted, they drafted Ryan Nassib and actually traded up to draft Ryan Nassib and, and it never worked. They've never gotten anything useful out of any of those guys. So when I look at that, I'm actually a fan of if you've got your QB one, just get your veteran back up and go from there. And, 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 and to me, stop throwing resources, you know, with a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick at a guy who you probably don't want to play. Just get a guy, just get somebody who might be able to help support your quarterback and, and help your 53. But, but, but that's, I, I guess we, I guess we, we look at that a little differently. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it, Mike Glennon and, and Clayton Thorson, I mean, hopefully they don't have to play, but goodness. Yeah, I, I hear you. Hey, um, you know, as we as we do this show, one of the things I wanted to do, you know, the 4th of July is coming up. And, and you know, everybody loves a good fireworks, you know, good fireworks show. I'll be I'll be listening to fireworks up at our uh up at our, our summer camp in the Adirondacks. I'll be listening to fireworks all weekend to the, 
you know, starting on Friday to, to the point where by Sunday night I'm sick of them. But, <laughs> but still everybody, everybody loves a good fireworks show. So what I kind of wanted to do, I'm going to throw some names at you and we'll talk about just whether you expect a big explosion from this guy in 2021 or whether you expect him to be a dud. And, and I hadn't intended to start with Daniel Jones, but since we, uh, since we, we've already talked about the quarterback situation a little bit, um, year three explosion from Jones or a dud who winds up sending the Giants back into the quarterback market after this year? I think, you know, I think you'll see them have to go back into the quarterback market. However, I don't think his year will look like last year in terms of statistics. I can see him having, you know, a, a better year than last year, but still not enough to where they feel as though they got the guy. Um, so I could see, you know, I could see him having a, a 25 and 13 type season, um, which is his, which would, I think, be his best season, if I'm not mistaken, statistically. But I still feel as though there are going to be some questions on whether or not he's actually the guy. Um, but I think it'll be enough to where they'll pick up the fifth-year option, but they'll start to look for for quarterbacks, in my opinion, start that process and try to bring in, you know, someone to compete. But I just I won't say he's going to explode and have this dynamic year where they extend him with a contract extension, but I don't think he'll have a year where he throws 11 touchdowns. So I do see him having, you know, 25 and 13 type numbers. So, so maybe we should have added a uh, a sparkler category. I was, about to say, I was just about to say sparkler. I was just about to say sparkler. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So we'll put him in the sparkler category. All right. Let's let's throw another name at you. Uh, guy that the Giants drafted highly a year ago but didn't get to see enough of because of injury. You know, saw him a lot at the end of the season, showed some promise. Uh, Second-year safety, uh, Xavier McKinney. Big explosion for him in his second year or, or a dud? Big explosion, in my opinion, because he's a smart football player. And when you have guys that, that play with really good instincts in the secondary – Man, you start to see a lot of turnovers. You start to see a lot of plays on the ball. Um, and he's just so doggone good, man. And I'm glad that he got in games last year and started to play and, and made some plays. And that type of confidence that you need as a player to, to show yourself, you know what, I can do it at this level, is huge. Because now you bring it into a full regular offseason and your second year in the scheme where you have live game reps to, to draw from, He's ready to explode, in my opinion. He's going to be one of these guys that they can't take off the field. Which is going to be interesting because the Giants have Jabril Peppers. They have Logan Ryan. They have Darnay Holmes. They drafted Aaron Robinson. And and my question at this point is, is how do they get all of those guys on the field? And and I think we know that somebody's going to lose snaps. And, and it it wouldn't surprise me actually if it's uh, if it's the the slot guys, maybe Holmes and maybe Robinson. Right, and I think that's how you're going to see it play because you look at someone like McKinney who has the ability to match up in one on one. Peppers has the athleticism to do so, um, and so that to me allows you affords you the opportunity to not rush a guy like Holmes out there in the slot in in favor of McKinney or rush a rookie Robinson out there. 
you know, with the with the NFL being based, you know, three wide receiver sets and, and nickel defense is starting defense, essentially, uh, it, it's really a matchup league. So it all depends on the personnel that you're dealing with. And in some cases, you may have to throw out uh, you know, Robinson because he has the, the good coverage chops. But I think you can feel comfortable and confident in a guy like McKinney or even a guy like Julian Love, to be honest. So I do think we'll see a ton of Xavier McKinney early and throughout the season because he's just going to be too good, uh, in my opinion, to, to really keep him off. And maybe Jabril Peppers is someone that sees his role diminished to more of a situational role like a blitzer or something like that because McKinney gives you more from a coverage perspective. Yeah, that's interesting because I wonder I, I wonder how Jabril Pepper's long-term future with the Giants is going to play out. You know, he's in the last year of his contract, and the Giants have, you know, have quite a bit of depth in the secondary. He's a really good player. But you, but I just wonder if they're going to get to the end of 2021 and look and say, we just don't have the money. We have replacements here and I, and we think we can move on. Yeah, I think so. Especially when you think about someone like Julian Love, who can play corner, um, has good instincts as well. And what we talk about with McKinney and how they drafted this year with, you know, Aaron Robinson and, and Rodarius, you know, uh, Williams. Uh, Peppers does seem like the one that could be potentially expendable, especially if they find someone uh, within their receiving core, which I think they have, i.e. Kadarius Tony or even a guy like John Ross, if he stays healthy, to help out as a retirement because that takes away another opportunity for, for Peppers. So, you know, it's going to be big for Peppers this year. I think he's someone that's on, I don't want to say the hot seat, but he's someone that really has to, to you know, explode this year in order to, to really – earn that 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 second contract with the Giants agreed so let's talking about you know explosions versus duds there's two more defensive guys that I want to talk about and the first one is a guy who's going to have a big part of the responsibility for making some of the plays and and for for filling some of the role that Dalvin Tomlinson had with the Giants the last couple of years and I'm talking about Dexter Lawrence and, you know, sexy Dexy's a guy who has, who showed improvement last year, but I think the Giants still need more from him, especially without Lawrence. So, so, so what do you think? Uh, big explosion from Lawrence this year or, or, or more of a dud? I would say a little bit more than sparklers, you know, <laughs> because he doesn't have to be, you know, I think, as long as he's able to be disruptive, stout versus the run, this defense to me is set up for the linebackers to really thrive. Uh, we got a, what I feel as though is an anomaly last year from Leonard Williams, you know, seeing that he was just outstanding, you know, getting to the quarterback. I don't think that's that he's going to replicate those numbers this year, um, which won't be a, a terrible thing, but I think we'll see more sack production coming from those guys coming off the corner. So for Lawrence, it's still about being disruptive. I think we'll see his sack number increase a little bit this year. He'll still be a solid run defender um, and an integral part to this this team because of his quickness in conjunction with the size that he has. Uh, so I would say it's a you know he'll be a little bit more than a sparkler, uh, a key cog to the offense uh, to the defense. 
All right. Well, I was going to ask you about Leonard Williams, but you already pretty much answered that question. I think you feel the same way about Williams that I do, that he's a really good player, but that I don't think you should expect 11, 12 sacks from him every year. I mean, that last year was the first time in his career that he got those numbers and some years you run into sacks and other years you just, you don't. But, uh, you know, I, I think Williams is a good player. I think if he gives you six, seven, eight sacks, that's, that's not bad because he does a lot of other things and, and it's not always about the sack number. It's about the pressure. It's about what you do for your teammates around you. So I, I do, I think Williams is a good player, but, but not necessarily a, a, a guy you should always look for double digit sacks from you. And it, and it seems to me that, that you agree with that. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I think him and Lawrence are kind of on the same plane, um, that they're really good players and you don't want to lose those guys. Uh, they're, they're going to be the reason why we see a boom from one of these outside linebackers this year, uh, with this defense, in my opinion. All right. I want to take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors. When we come back, I want to go back to the offense and, and talk about, uh, talk about a couple of, uh, a couple of the offensive guys. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine with you talking with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. And in honor of the 4th of July, we are going through the Giants roster and, and talking about players in terms of, of whether they will uh, explode in 2021 or be a dud in 2021. And, uh, wanted to talk about a couple of the, of the offensive players at this point. Uh, guy that, uh, that I know, you know, you have some, some feelings about M is, uh, is Evan Ingram. I, I watched your, your tight end video that you did for our Big Blue View channel the other day. Um, just, uh, what do you, what do you think about Ingram, um, explosion in 2021 or a dud that the Giants end up moving on from? You know, I kind of see a dud year uh, for Evan Ingram, more so uh, because I think the focus in the football will be going toward the receiving core, which is the stronger of the two, right? So I think Ingram's inconsistency is something that they've shown that they cannot really trust, which is why they invested heavily at wide receiver because uh, normally when you see a team that has a, a dynamic tight end or what they perceive to be a dynamic tight end, they tend to try to feature that person as their number two option in the passing game. 
So maybe they take a, away from, you know, wide receiver too. But you saw the opposite with the Giants. They went out and signed Darius Slayton. I'm sorry, Kenny Galladay. They drafted Kadarius Tony. They went out and threw hopeful money at, at John Ross in hopes that he can be uh, and realize his potential uh, for, as a former first round pick. So I think they're showing you that, hey, we're going to probably feature more of the receivers as opposed to the tight end because while Ingram in spurts shows the ability, it's just the consistency that whether it's with an injury or with drops, it's hard to really bank on that person down and down out. And then you bring in a Kyle Rudolph to kind of alleviate a lot of the pressure off Ingram. Yeah, he's going to be an inline guy, but he can also be that safety valve for Daniel Jones. Uh, so I see Ingram's role being a little bit diminished, and maybe that helps him find that consistency. But from a numbers perspective, I just see a dud year for Frank And I think a lot of Giants fans would agree with you about that. I think a lot of Giants fans are are done with Ingram. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I root for the guy. I like the guy. He's a hardworking guy. He's a stand-up guy. But, but. And you could tell he tries hard, man. Like, you could, mm-hmm. you could see the effort coming from an Evan Ingram. Like, this dude is not out there you know, not hustling. He's active as a blocker. He's, you know, on the perimeter run game. He's hustling downfield to throw blocks. He, you know, you could tell he cares about his performance with how much, how, you know, how he takes his, his drops to heart. And, and that could be to a fault, you know? So yeah. you like the, like you said, you like the guy, you like the person, you like the, the, the effort. You want to see him do well because you like the person but it's just that he has to get out of his own head and find that consistency within his game. There you go. That's a good way to put it. And uh, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about another player. And you mentioned the receiving core. I need to ask you, explosion in 2021 or dud season from Darius Slayton, who didn't maybe have the, the sophomore year in 2020 that, that, that people expected. Um, you think that that we'll see a big year from Slayton, you know, maybe with Galladay to take some of the pressure off or a little bit like Ingram where where he might get overlooked some? I think it's a sparkler situation. I think he's going to be settled into, um, you know, a, a solid role because there are so many options now. You have Sterling Shepard still there. You have Kadarius Tony, who's going to be an exciting rookie that they're going to probably utilize in the wide receiver run game a lot. You have you know, the mystery box of John Ross, you know, uh, Dante Pettis stepped up a little bit last year and, and made a play or two. So I think this is the deepest receiving core the Giants have had in quite some time. So the options will get spread out. Um, and which, which is a good thing because you allow these guys to, to go into a matchup situation every week. So one week it may be Slayton's day. The other week it may be Tony's day. And, and you know, you hope that Galladay can be the steady you know, presence all throughout the season while, you know, Slayton, Shepard and Tony and maybe Ross and Pettis, those guys kind of rotate on, okay, whose day is going to be today because of the the matchup. All right. So let's, uh, so let's talk about Kadarius Tony, obviously weird sort of uh, spring for Tony with the, the, the cleat issue at rookie mini camp and, and missing some of the practice time, you know, not, not practicing during OTAs, you know, until after he had signed, you know, his rookie contract. 
not necessarily reason for alarm with Tony, just a weird, a weird sort of, uh, sort of first few weeks as a giant. Um, what do you see from, from Tony as a rookie? Sort of a big, you know, explosion onto the NFL scene, you know, a dud of, of a year for, for him as he adjusts to the NFL or, or somewhere in the middle? I would say somewhere in the middle because he's a splash player. And so we'll see the splash plays from him, you know, whether it's on an end around or, you know, he takes a, a crossing route and weaves his way through traffic like a New York cab. Or if he's, you know, beating someone deep down the field off play action, tracks the ball and just hauls in a, a beautiful deep throw by Daniel Jones. You know, I think we'll see those splash plays enough to where you it warrants him going in the first round. Right. Or the Giants taking him with the first round pick. But in terms of him having, let's say, an Odell Beckham type rookie season or, you know, a 1400 yard season, I don't think the Giants offense is built that way. Um, I just think that he's going to have enough splash plays to where it's going to be well worth the pick of a, of a late first round pick. Um, and any play he makes is going to look even better knowing that the Giants have two first round picks next year. So I think if he makes those splash plays, everyone in that building will be ecstatic because like, wow, we got a really good player with two first round picks next year. So I think either way he can't lose with how he plays. As long as, as long as, you know, Devonta Smith doesn't go and catch 120 passes in Philly. (laughs) Well, Smith has an easier path because he has a better quarterback and also Smith to me, is the lead dog in that receiving core. They got some solid wide receiver twos, but Smith is the one that's going to, and already, I mean, you have to factor in, he already has continuity with the dude that's throwing him the football. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a, that's an unfair comparison for, for Giants fans to hang on uh, with, with Smith going to Philly with the quarterback and the quarterback he's used to. And also no real quote unquote threats on that depth chart at wide receiver. Yeah, you're probably right, but unfortunately, because of the way the draft played out, that's the one that's going to be made all the time, and that's the one Kadarius Tony's going to have to hear. Absolutely, he's going to have to like go, you know, you know, play for play almost with with Smith in in some regards. But if that happens, then that's good for the Giants. But it also means that um, to our earlier point, Slayton probably takes a step back, and Tony becomes that clear cut number two uh, next to Galladay. Last player I want to ask you about him is uh, last year's first round pick. Andrew Thomas had, uh, had what, what can only be described as a dud of a rookie season. Um, personally, I'm optimistic, you know, not that Andrew Thomas is going to all of a sudden be, you know, one of the top 10 tackles in the NFL in 2021, but that he's going to take strides toward being a quality starting left tackle in the NFL. Um, your thoughts on Thomas explosion in his second season or another dud that, that makes giants giants fans think that, that they got it wrong again when it comes to picking offensive tackles in the first round. I think we'll see explosion. If you think about what he had to go through last year, let's give everybody a little bit of a, uh, you know, grain of uh, salt um, with, COVID in 2020, right? It was a weird off-season, weird year. But in Thomas's case, think about the the messaging that he got all throughout his time there early on. It was two different position coaches, different messages, 
going his way. And when he finally got that stabilized, he started to play better. So now carry that over into 2021. The voice is the same. The the process is the same. He's got those live reps under his belt already. So I think he's prime for that breakout season because he's he was a talented prospect. And I think because he had too many voices uh, in his ear, you know, from his coaching staff, now that that is, you know, flatline, you'll see his play flatline and his talent will take over. He'll, he's he's going to take off in 2021. There you go. I tend to agree with you. I think there was just so much working against not only Thomas, but the entire Giants offensive line a year ago. I think you'll get a a much better picture in 2021 of what that group is is capable of. And last thing I want to ask you about I can't let you go without talking a little bit of NFL draft, without talking a little bit about college football prospects. And and you mentioned it. The Giants have two first-round picks next year. They have, I think, 10 picks overall, including an extra third-round pick. Um, just heading heading into the college football season here coming up in the fall, just – Give me, you know, four or five guys, maybe guys that, that you could see the Giants possibly targeting down the road. Four or five guys that, that you're really, really looking forward to watching this fall. You know, and it's still early in the process. And, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the quarterback position. And so I think this is some, some year where we probably, like, there's no clear cut QB1 going into the summer. So whoever, this is a great year for quarterbacks to play themselves into that conversation. Um, and so we'll see a lot of names. You know, you're going to see the Spencer Rattler because he's at Oklahoma, although he's, a, he's going to be a redshirt sophomore. And it makes you wonder if, you know, if you can take that jump to the NFL as a redshirt sophomore, you're going to hear Sam Howell at North Carolina, who has a little bit of Baker Mayfield ish to his game. Um, and, and, you know, Malik Willis out of Liberty, you know, is the, the wild card because he came out of nowhere last year and did a fantastic job rushing for nearly a thousand yards, throwing for over 2,500 and a pretty good touchdown to interception ratio. And he has the physical tools of the strong arm, um, the ridiculous arm strength and the legit 4-4 speed. So he kind of gives you that athletic model of what you want in today's game. Uh, so those some, some names quarterback wise. But I, I think we'll see a lot of corners, man. You know, I, I'm excited to see Derek Stingley uh, out of LSU. You know, his, his, he was our number one high school prospect at football game plan um, out of our football game plan 400. He was the number one corner, uh, number one overall prospect. So it, it has been fun to see him project that way uh, to being a, a legit top 10 NFL pick. Um Kayvon Thibodeau, if the Giants are in the market for a pass rusher, he's been as good as advertised since, since high school and got to Oregon and has been dominant on both ends of defense. And an underrated guy that I, I think that that is tremendous at corner that we kind of watched play out during the spring is Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston. You know, he's 6'3", 195, was facing the team's number one option every week. And you saw him do a fantastic job in man-to-man coverage and also has very good ball skills. So it's rare to see those 6'2", 6'3", corners that can mirror and match and play the ball. So that's an underrated, 
you know, small college corner that, that I'm excited to see play in the fall. So, you know, a quick turnaround from a national championship spring to play in the fall schedule. But Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston is, is someone that, that people should keep an eye on. Giants fans should get familiar with because I do think um, cornerback is, is probably going to be another place where they go. Um, and I, I do think quarterback is on the table. Uh, I think they're stacked at wide receiver. Uh, and I, I'm a big fan of the offensive line. So, you know, obviously you can always add an offensive line, but I think the Giants have done a good job the last two years in not only drafting but building good quality depth uh, behind them with some some savvy free agent signings and undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, tight end, if you're looking for a young tight end, Jalen Wattemeyer out of Texas A&M is phenomenal. Uh, he's, he's cut along the same cloth as another former Aggie uh, that played with the Giants in, in Martellus Bennett. Um you know, so I do think Watermeyer is someone that um, you definitely want to keep an eye on out of A&M. Interesting stuff. And we will talk a lot more about uh, college prospects, a lot more about the Giants, of course, as we as we get closer to training camp. And hopefully I'll actually see you at training camp this year. Yeah, I hope so, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm vaccinated, ready to go. And you know, I know it, as long as it's not 100 degrees out there, you won't see me out there. But um, I do plan on getting back to, uh, you know, camp and getting back to the to the preseason games, the regular seasons. Um, so I just can't wait. I'm waiting for the Giants to, to let it be known when the, the times and dates are and, and let's get it going. You and me both. I see some teams are starting to release those dates and, and, uh, let us know whether fans are going to be allowed to, to attend training camp or not. So folks, we'll be, uh, we'll be passing that information along to you at Big Blue View as soon as we get it. M, thank you very, very much for, uh, for spending some time with us as always. And, uh, Giants fans, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye.